We met at Dobbert Park for a Bible study, actually, the, our first meeting together, and he had a whole sermon prepared on First John. <laughs> uh, like six pages well, wait, of notes. Wait, are you getting ahead of the story with... No, that uh, was before. Was it before? It was before. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, Chris, he's so romantic. <laughs> sermon number one. Yeah. <laughs> Salvation is by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Each of us has a unique story of how that takes place. In this series of podcasts, members of Grace Life Church of the Shoals share their stories of redemption and grace. Here now is My Grace Life Story. Welcome into My Grace Life Story. We are here in the Grace Life Recording Studios, and we have with us today Chris and Mariah Russell. Chris Mariah, how are you guys doing today? Pretty good. Good. All right. Well, let's get started as we normally do with My Grace Life Story. Chris, we're going to start with you. And if you would, just tell me a little bit about yourself, who you are, a little bit about where you grew up, and then Mariah will do the same with you, okay? Okay. Okay. Uh, my name's Chris. I'm from Florence. I was born in Florence, ECM. I work in Muscle Shoals at Mangus Tool and Die. How old are you, Chris? I'm 33. 33. All right. Yeah, born in ECM. That's no longer here in the yeah, shows, right? Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. What do you do at Mangus? I work in the quality department. Okay. Uh, How long have you yeah. been there? 10 years. 10 years. Yeah. All right. Good deal. All right, Mariah, you? Yeah, I was born in Gadsden, Alabama. Okay, a little south of us then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Came here to go to UNA. Okay. Got married and... Have four kids. Yeah, there you go. All right, three so, of them. Yeah, so tell us the kids' names. James. Okay. He'll be nine in July. All right. Leah, she's seven. Hannah's six. And John is two. Yeah. So, so. you have a little bit to do every a day with, with all of those kids <laughs> and their ages. Absolutely. So, okay, so I didn't realize. So you came here to go to UNA. I did. Okay, so... Uh, how did you get from, I'm coming here to go to UNA, and then somewhere in here, obviously, you meet Chris, and then obviously what we're here to talk about is a little bit you get to Grace Life Church of the Shoals somewhere in there, but how long after you came to Florence to go to UNA, was it before you met Chris, and you guys kind of began to date, court, things of that sort? Well, mm-hmm. when I came to UNA, I worked at Jack's. That was my okay. first job in yep. Florence. Yeah, we both and, worked there. Okay, yeah. all right, so so this was this a meeting at the workplace. Yes. Yeah. Okay, yes. all right, okay, good. Good deal. So, all right. So, Chris, uh, let's kind of start at the beginning. Uh, obviously, you were born here in Florence, so you grew up here in the Shoals area. Well, mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about growing up here. Did you grow up in a Christian home? Uh, did you grow up with a church influence? Did you hear the gospel at a young age? Uh, you know, give me some background on that. Uh, not really. My mom, she was divorced when I was about five, okay. and uh, so. My brother and I were kind of in a single mother home for a while. We actually didn't stay in Florence for all those years. Okay. Uh, I, I left and come back, but it started there. My mom just took care of us. We we lived with her. That's kind of how things started. No church home at that point in time? No, we didn't go to church. There was a few times we went, I think, for VBS to a church with my grandmother at the time. My step-grandmother. Okay. All right, so so give me some info then. Obviously, at some point in your life, and we'll get to that, the Lord begins to work in your life. But do you remember any any friends, any any maybe more distant relatives that were believers that maybe influenced you towards visiting a church or maybe spoke something of the truth of the gospel? When, when's the first time you remember maybe being confronted with some of those truths? Well, the story behind that is my uh, stepdad entered the picture, Patrick. Okay. Um, my mom had been into in and out of relationships, you know, 
with my brother and I, but she was remarried to Patrick when I was about a teenager in middle school, I think, or right on the brink of high school. I just, the key to my testimony was, was him because he, with my mom, when they got married, was very convicted about taking us to church because okay. at the time we didn't go, except maybe on special occasions a few right. times. Did Patrick have a church home that he was regularly attending? Not, at, not the at the time. time. Okay, no. so not at the time. Now, he was in the military, and when he got out, he kind of met my mom, and, and it was actually cutting hair, cost okay. So, So long story short, he was his parents growing up were serious about going to church. They, they're very uh, faithful, and so... He knew that that was what something he needed to do with his new family, right. and so we we went. The first church I remember at that time we went to when we moved to Athens was uh, Lindsay Lane okay. Baptist Church. Yeah, familiar with Lindsay Lane, and that was kind of the the start of my testimony. And so you were how old? You said kind of maybe almost in high school, sixteen, okay. fifteen, sixteen. Okay. All right. Yeah, so we started going there and. The gospel was preached. Amen. Dusty McLemore was the, the, the pastor there. And I just remember hearing of the gospel. There was a lot of altar call, you know, mm-hmm. come you know, come to the front, be made right with God, you know, you know, the gospel for the most part. Uh, even though we you know, at the time I felt I felt the urge to go to the front and actually did a couple of times. But it was like I was trying to do something type thing, mm-hmm. and part of my testimony is we were. It actually involves a a movie. We're watching uh, the Passion of the Christ. Yeah, yeah, in our living room, and I just remember after watching that, it just broke me. Hmm. And the re- the reason it did is because I realized for the first time after watching that movie, and the Lord used it. I think is it was more than just. Jesus died on the cross, which I heard a lot in the preaching. It was that he experienced this such a rough, brutal death, mm-hmm. and that the fact that he was innocent that stood out to me. And when we when we finished the movie, I thought, why did why did he have to die? I was trying to put it together in my mm-hmm. mind, and it just hit me. It was for sinners. It was yeah. for for me, and that to me was a kind of a turning point. So yeah, it was like a, a moment where I think the Lord was showing me that I was the one that he came to, to die, you know, die for. So. Amen. So, so the Lord's working in your life. You're at Lindsay Lane. You're hearing the gospel. Obviously, the passion of the Christ. See it. The Lord's using that in mm-hmm. a way to work in your life. So, so what happens after that? Did you make a profession of faith through baptism at that point? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so I... I I'm just broken. After the movie, I went off to my room. You know, I'm just, God's just really humbling me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just remember going to my parents, and we met with the leadership at the church. Yeah, I was baptized after that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. So how, how, how much longer were you there at Lindsay Lane and in the Athens area before you come back to the Shoals? So my stepdad had to uh, transfer from... Mm-hmm. Athens, a limestone corrections facilities where he worked, to a work release near Haleville. Okay. So we moved to Haleville mm-hmm. and went to a smaller church there. So the story behind that is, you know, we were, we're kind of looking for churches at the time, and, you know, we, we were kind of church shopping, I suppose. And, and we, we kind of had some ideas of what, 
we wanted, you know, or at least Patrick did. And, and so we landed at uh, Corinth Heights is the church we ended up going to. And uh, so what led me, I guess, to transition to coming back to the Shoals was, and to give a little bit of more information, the, at this point in time, and I remember it was a big viral video, but Paul Washer mm-hmm. had, had preached a sermon. Is that the shocking, shocking youth, youth message? message? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, they, they, it is the definition back. of a viral video. Yeah. I, I don't know how many millions of people have seen <laughs> that video, but yes, it, yeah. it made its rounds for sure. Yeah, I just, I remember listening to that, and after that moment, I was just, I was, you know, I, I think I was already a believer at the time, but mm-hmm. the gospel was just very center point. You know, for yeah. me, uh, theology and doctrine started to become, mm-hmm. and not just Paul Washer videos, but, you know, I just got hooked on other internet preachers, or right. at least their sermons made it online. And uh, that was my diet, you mm-hmm. know, early mm-hmm. in my walk. And I really matured a lot. So back to Corinth Heights, and this was, I think some people call it the cage stage, but uh, for me, I was very opinionated. <laughs> I guess you could say it like that. I, I was critical of everything, yeah. you know, and the pastor couldn't preach a sermon that I didn't find something wrong with. Right, right. And, uh, and in fact, it's humbling to admit now, but I remember writing a, a letter to the pastor. And, I, and in, in fairness, I don't know if I was completely, you know, out of step with some things, but I was out of balance. Now I look back at it, but Anyway, I had problems with the sermons and the theology or the mm-hmm. lack thereof and found out later that Paul Washer at the time was, was right. going here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so from my stepdad, in fact, he said, you know, he goes to a church on Muscle Shoals and kind of the rest is history. I started visiting and that's what. Okay. But I didn't actually move up here until college okay. um, is when I moved back up to Florence, but I was still going to church even though I was living in uh, Haleville. So. Okay. All right, good. All right, Rob, uh, same thing from you. A little bit about, you know, coming to know the Lord, uh, you know, your testimony and, and, and how the Lord's working in your life. Maybe even from, you know, from a younger age, did you grow up with some influence in your home or a local church there in the Gaston area where you heard the gospel or heard truth? T- tell us a little bit about the Lord drawing you to himself. Yeah, I I was probably in church the second week I was born, yeah. after I was born, so my great-grandfather was the pastor of the church. Okay. Kind of a... Was this a Baptist church? Yes, yeah, a Southern okay. Baptist, King James only. Okay, yeah. So women. so would you describe this maybe as kind of independent, fundamental Baptist yes. church? Okay, okay. Yeah, women, women can't wear pants, use, you know, King James only, kind of right. very legalistic yep, sure. type okay. setting. And from a very young age, I worried about, you know, being under God's wrath, mm-hmm. you know. But I didn't have the proper picture of the gospel presented to me, you know. And I remember going to my grandfather and asking him questions. And, you know, he prayed with me, but I didn't understand, really. So when you say you didn't have the proper picture of the gospel... But it, give give me dig down a little deeper on that. What what was the picture of the gospel that was given to you at that point in time? It if was, you can remember, the way I took it as a child was, you need to get saved, mm-hmm. you know, so you don't go to hell. Okay, there yeah, was so no kind of that fire, the old fire yes. insurance sort of methodology. No. Okay, there was gotcha. no repentance and walking, going toward holiness and mm-hmm. sanctification. None of that. There was one Sunday I was six and it was a fire and brimstone message. Mm-hmm. And I walked the aisle and I repeated, 
you know, a prayer after the right. minister. And at the end, he asked me, did the Lord save you? You know, I'm six. You know, so I right. said yes. Yeah. So after that, you know, I was baptized. And over time, I started to worry again. Mm-hmm. Like, it just doesn't feel right. I remember praying in bed every night. God helped me to know that I'm saved. Yeah. Basically, a childlike view of... You know, I don't want to go to hell. Mm-hmm. I want peace to know that I'm not going to hell. And I would ask my my grandmother, you know, I don't know if I'm saved or not. And she would say, well, tell the devil to get off your back. You know, mm-hmm. you were saved. You know, the date was in my Bible. You yeah, know, look sure. to that day. Yeah, look back to that day. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So but I never had peace about it. Okay. Um, but I went to church, did what I was supposed to do when I was a teenager, our home life kind of got shaky, and we stopped going to church for, for a little while. My grandparents offered to pick me and my siblings up for church, and they didn't go, but I did because okay. that's what I was supposed to do. Are you the oldest? I'm the middle. You're the middle. Okay. Older sister, okay. younger brother. Okay, gotcha. I so right there in the middle. Worked, so, so uh, you know, I did good in school, valedictorian of my senior class. Wow. The, Chris, you know, were you valedictorian in your class? Oh, okay. I was, I was just checking. So. <laughs> there were only 30 people in my class, though, so it's not really that impressive. Don't tell people that, Brian. Yeah. You just got to throw, you know, I was valedictorian. I mean, uh-huh. you know, just let them wonder, were there 300 yeah. or were there 30? I mean, you know, you don't have to give that information. So. Yeah. What uh, school was that? West End High School okay. in Altoona. Yeah. Not in Mississippi or Tennessee. Walnut Grove, Alabama, not the, okay. you know. All right. I got you. But, you know, I was I did what I was supposed to do. I didn't talk back to my parents. You know, I did what I was told. I was the good kid. And then um, came to UNA, got scholarships to for the band at UNA and started working at Jack's. And when I got to college, I didn't go to church on Sunday anymore. I was so busy with work. Was that was that so was that more of a. Hey, I don't want to do this, or just more of a, you know, it just, hey, I got school, I got work, and, and just slowly but steadily it just, church and those things just kind of faded. Yes, um, it just faded. Okay. Now, when I went to school, there was no looking around for a church. Mm-hmm. There was no, that wasn't there. Right. And so I was so tired from band and schoolwork and mm-hmm. working. I just didn't go on Sundays. Yeah. I didn't even think about it. Yeah. So in the years that you went to church where you grew up, it was family, right? So yeah, the, so going out to a new church mm-hmm. with different people, I imagine that played a part in it. Probably a good seventy five percent of the church I grew up in was family. Okay. Yeah. So. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So that was probably very comfortable. It was. You know, yes. for you. And now you're at a new school, new town. No family, I don't guess. None of no. your family had followed you here. Well, so. my sister and brother in law they actually came out here with me. Okay. So. All right. Okay, so you're working, you're at UNA, uh, church is kind of faded in the background. So so how, how do you end up getting here? Well, there were multiple <laughs> you okay. know, ways God was working. Yeah. The first mention of Grace Life was Brother Tom at the band breakfast. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Yeah, I remember doing those. Yeah. yeah. I remember. What year know, was that? It would have been the in 2010, the fall of 2010, I think. Oh, that's like 13 years ago. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. Good. Keep going. I'm sorry, I'm interrupting. Um, saw Brother Tom and heard the name of the church, and 
I remember, you know, Marlena mm-hmm. passing out biscuits. And yep. the biggest memory, though, was Brother David. You oh, know, I'm yeah. this shy, five-foot-tall, <laughs> short girl. Oh. And I, I hey, want to— hey, let's just stop here. You know, I wonder how many people could say the biggest memory was Brother David. <laughs> I mean, there are so many stories yeah. that we could, could come off of that. So, yes, absolutely. But, yes, continue on with this biggest memory, Mariah. Yeah, I mean, I was shy. I didn't like to talk to people, you know. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be by myself. And I just wanted to take my biscuit and go sit <laughs> to myself. But Brother David, you know, yeah. tall guy, came and just started talking to me and mm-hmm. just about different things. I don't really remember what the conversation was. Right. So that's the first time I heard Grace Life mentioned. Okay. Maria Pulley, she was yep. in the band. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she was ever a member um, uh, she came here a lot while she was in college. I don't know that she ever joined, though. Obviously, she had a church home in Tennessee, but was here kind of as a UNA student. So I, I don't think she was a member, but obviously she kind of counted her as one while she yeah. was here. So. so she invited me to church, and then I was working with Chris. And um, our part of our, I guess, dating history starts kind of, you know, meshing together with uh, meeting Kim and him sharing the gospel with me. Okay. So he— I remember the first time I really noticed him, he was at the break table at Jack's. You know, he had his little ESV pocket-sized Bible out, and I went back there and just started talking to him about church things. She had a lot of questions, and that's what stuck out to me when I first met her was she was asking theological questions even, and it was was, kind of interesting. It wasn't wasn't romantic or anything like that at the beginning. It was just— Hey, she's a Christian. I assumed that at the time, you know, and I'm a Christian, and we just talked about different stuff. And so it was, it was neat to have that opportunity working in jazz yeah. together. To okay. Yeah. So, so what kind of questions? Do you remember some of those? Or Chris, do you remember some yeah, of those? Yeah. Well, or? some of them was like on like the hypostatic union, even back then. Uh, just between Mariah, did, did, you, did she use the verbiage? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. No, most no. people don't know the verbiage. No. Hypostatic. You probably most yeah, of our listeners right now are thinking, <laughs> "Are we talking science fiction or what?" You know. And so I was thinking, man, okay. So Mariah came out of this, you know, a, a church fundamental, mm-hmm. fundamental independent Baptist church, and most of yeah. them aren't really digging deep on the hypostatic yeah, union. She, she I was, did not know that word. Okay, all right. But Chris did. knew what you were getting. She was asking questions about that, and so it was neat to explain, like. You know, Jesus is God, but he's also man. Right. Yep. So it, it it was quite conversations like that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So keep going, Mariah. So, so you've heard Grace Life at the band mm-hmm. thing now. Maria's invited you mm-hmm. some, and, and Chris is, you know, you're asking questions. And so, you know, what's the Lord? I mean, obviously, you know, as you said, the Lord used a lot of different mm-hmm. avenues here. And so, you know, how's the Lord beginning to maybe open your heart to, to show you your need of Christ? And obviously you had grown up and, and heard preaching and even had a, I would say, even a sensitive conscience, mm-hmm. you know, to, um, you know, the things that you were hearing. And so how does the Lord continue to kind of work these things out in your life? Well, um, at first, when I first noticed him, you know, we had something in common. You know, we were, you know, quote, Christians, right. and I was quote a Christian, so... That's when the conversation started, but he started inviting me to church, and I didn't go at first. Mm -hmm. We met at Dobbert Park for a Bible study, actually, our first meeting together, and he had a whole sermon prepared on 1 John, (laughs) Uh, like six Uh, pages of notes. Wait, are you getting ahead of the story with— No, that uh, was before. Was it before? It was before. Okay, all right. Um, That's good. Chris, he's so romantic. (laughs) (laughs) Sermon number one. (laughs) And my focus was on how do I know that I'm saved? And I missed 
the entire point of First John, you know, loving the world. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any, how can I say this? I didn't have a desire yet to be apart from the world. My focus was on how do I have peace with God? Mm-hmm. I don't like the way I feel mm-hmm. not having security that I'm not going to go to hell, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think that came up a lot with our conversations was how do you, how do you know, you know, assurance was a big mm-hmm. issue. And I think that's why, I mean, when we met at the park to go through the gospel or first John, I thought that's, if, if you're going to find assurance, you're going to find it there. So we, we went over a lot of verses, just basically walked through the whole book. Because I think for Mariah, and I don't want to speak for you, but you were struggling with how do I, how do I know? Mm-hmm. And or how do I know my profession at the time was genuine? How do I know my faith now is genuine? It was mm-hmm. just a very introspective type Yeah, I didn't thing. have the right view of the gospel yet. I wasn't thinking anything about the gospel. It right. was just worry and yeah. wanting Almost to be Almost you right wanted a relief. You know, yes, just give exactly. me some relief about this whole thing. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I don't know how much time went by, but... Eventually, you know, this is the Lord really used this in my life. Chris was cutting lettuce in the, you know, doing the prep for at Jack's. And he said, there's only one of two reasons why you're not going to church. One is you're a Christian and being disobedient. Or number two is you're lost. <laughs> so my thought was, okay, you're right. I need to start going to church. And I didn't have a car at the time. And so he started picking me up okay. to go to Grace Life. At first, I was, you know, amazed at the big church. I grew up in a small church, and this church is rather Mm -hmm. large compared to that. So at first, my focus wasn't on the sermons or any of that. It was on, you know. So did you, you know, when you came with Chris first time, did you go to like a small group class, or did you come just to the service? What was that like? I think I I did, yeah. I was in, um, I started going to Lori Willis and Erica Mayfield. Okay. It was their small group class. Was that like a college ladies class? Okay, gotcha. Chris, were you doing what, what class were you in about this time? Uh, I was in the college and career. Okay, so you're just in the men's part of that, I guess, right? Yeah. Well, okay. So at this point, yeah, I'm not exactly sure because at one point I was teaching, I think, for the seventh grade. Okay. But then I got out of it. But I'm not sure exactly when. That okay. Was. All right, yeah. I got you. All right, keep going, Mariah. So, just over time here, I started understanding the gospel message, mm-hmm. and. Sometimes I, I really don't know how much was head knowledge at first or sure. versus heart knowledge because I started hearing. I like to learn. If you know me, you know I like to learn things. You're valedictorian. Yeah, so, so yeah. <laughs> I started hearing things like sanctification, glorification, the five points of Calvinism, you know, right. all of those things. Yeah. And they started to make sense. But then he, he gave me the, a DVD version of the Shocking Youth Message by okay. Paul Washer, and I listened to that. And I don't know if this was the moment I was converted, but mm-hmm. for the first time I realized— wow, I haven't repented of my sins. Um, I'm not a believer. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just realized that if God doesn't save me, I'm not going to be saved. Uh, Nothing I can do, no matter how many times I pray, can give me security. You know, that's not the point. The point is repenting of sins and Mm -hmm. putting faith in Christ. So I don't know if that's exactly the moment I was converted, but that's the beginning of... God working in my life, I think. So Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, a lot of as you said, a lot of different avenues there. Um the of, of the Lord using individual evangelism. I basically that's what you're doing right, Chris. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you know, small touches like a band biscuit mm-hmm. giveaway. Mm-hmm. That's basically kind of what that is. And then yeah. just the preaching of the word as well. So 
Okay, so so you're you're baptized here, make a public yes. profession of faith, yeah. you know, here at Grace Life. And uh, how long ago has that been? Do you remember what uh, the March twenty fifth, twenty twelve? Okay, yeah. So about eleven 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 years. years ago. So, okay, so Mariah is is converted, and praise the Lord for that uh, testimony. Now, where does the relationship between you guys go from here? Obviously, at some point you you get married. So so how does yeah. that kind of transpire? So uh, the first time we met and at Jack's and we had those conversations it wasn't it wasn't uh, a romantic relationship or really even I guess from my perspective quite honestly an interest for me because you know I I was very particular in my single days my parents would actually bring that up like you need to you need to eventually find someone you know don't <laughs> don't alienate every everyone you run right, into you know right. but I, I remember and it sticks out in my mind for as far as when my feelings changed towards Mariah was uh, she was at going to UNA and her, she had a staff concert the staff put on a concert yeah that, they yeah. they played and she invited me to that. And we'd been going to church, hanging out, that kind of thing anyway. But uh, I just got off of work. We we met there, and I thought, I could be, you know, I remember walking in front of, of the aisle there, sitting in the chair next to her, and I, I thought, she could, this could be in a different setting where she's married <laughs> to me. Yeah. And honestly, that's what I was thinking. I thought, I could see myself married to Mariah. So... After the concert's over, we uh, we go out to eat. I think we went to uh, walk, and walk and roll. I get Lawrence. Papa walk, walk and roll mixed <laughs> up. But anyway, so we go there, and I thought, I'm going to ask her. <laughs> and yeah. so I mustered up the courage and, and asked her if, if she wanted to start courting or dating. And so we did. Yeah, it's very awkward. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were about to say you muster up the curse to just go ahead and say, will you marry me? No, I thought no. that's where that was. I was going to like, man, Chris made a decision and just uh, went right in. So. Uh, well, you know, that was the thing. Like, I wasn't going to date anybody that I wasn't intended on marrying. So that's why. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. But uh, I remember, you know, after it was all said and done and she kind of hesitated a bit and awkwardly said yes, I think. But we're walking out to the car for the other day, and it sticks out to me. She was, she said, "So can I put this on Facebook?" <laughs> I'm like, "Sure." It's not official until it's Facebook yeah. official, right? So that stood out. Uh, all right. So how long have you guys been married now? Ten. Okay, so ten years. Ten years in Fourth May. of May. All right, good. Amen. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so talk to me a little bit. I, you know, you guys. Um, you obviously, you know, some of the times when we're doing My Grace Life Story, you know, folks, they, they grow up here. You know, they start off here, and they're still here. Uh, neither of you guys did that. And so, you know, you came here as, as college-age folks, single folks. And, um, you know, Chris, you've been converted, but eventually end up here. And then Mariah, you're, you know, kind of converted here in the Shoals and, and make your profession of faith through baptism here, and then ultimately are, are married here. And that's been 10 years since that. So talk to me a little bit about... You know, just the life and ministry that you've received here at Grace Life. I know both of you have had opportunities to serve in various ways as well. So talk to me a little bit about just, you know, whether it's the preaching of God's Word or small groups or it could be missions or, you know, a number of different things here. But what are some things that stick out to you guys as far as how the Lord's really worked in your life, in your time here at Grace Life, and and some of the avenues that He's used to continue to, to sanctify you and draw you closer to Him? So I was thinking back on just my years here preparing for this and and back to the fiery cage stage, Chris, mm-hmm. you know, when I was like hooked on internet preaching, right. 
you know, I remember at the time there was, I was, you know, in college and I was living with my roommate and we, uh, I think he, he said he was going to, he was considering going to a missionary training school okay. where they actually send you off overseas and train you in indigenous areas. Mm-hmm. And I remember meeting with Brother David about that because I thought, is this, because at the time, you know, I'm very strong-willed. I had, I had a lot of drive, I, I, maybe a lot of imbalances, I, I guess okay. I would say. But uh, I remember meeting with Brother David and, and, and asking his counsel about it. And I just remember leaving there, him counseling me, saying, "Chris, you you could do you could be just as spiritual, finishing school, getting a job, getting married, and being faithful to serve at, at your local church, as if you know, versus going off and doing something great for the Lord." And that was very impactful for me. I, yeah. I was I was very uh, like aha moment for me when mm. when he said that. I thought that. Not what I expected. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of, uh, in a nutshell, what, among other things, that I, I, I grew from that cage stage, if you will, from not just Brother David, but also the preaching, Brother Jeff, you at the time. And, and it, was, it was just a realization that my, my walk with the Lord doesn't have to be flashy, you know, at mm. the time, you know, early on, I was like, I'm called to preach, I'm called right. to do all this. And, and I realized, well, wait a minute, qualifications of an elder, responsibility of, of shepherding a flock, like all these doctrinal truths were mm-hmm. just unpacked, like, and I'm sure other people have similar testimony of that. But, but the growth and the maturity was like, just lightning speed after mm. coming here and becoming a member here of just realizing even though I was very zealous, I didn't have uh, wisdom, you know, and mm. the, the grounding. And so I learned a lot of that from just yeah. sitting under just great preaching here, of course, and, and, uh, and other things. Yeah. Amen. Mariah, how about you? What about just your, your walk with the Lord and how it's grown through the years? Well, I'll say the most important how can I say this? The greatest blessing I would say in my life is that from the very beginning of our relationship, his number one goal, I guess, or something he's not going to budge on is being consistent to go to the local church. Mm. There's just no question about it. You know, we're going to be as faithful as, as we can to go to church and mm. not going to hop around here and there, but going to stay consistent to the local church. Absolutely. And I can see the benefits um, of that, you know, from early on to even now, even more now I can see, you know, the fruit of being here just through all of the ladies who have served me in a small group, Erica Mayfield, I said, Sarah Freeman, Margot, Sandra, you know, just so many women pouring into me and just realizing that in order to grow, I need the small group leaders to challenge me on some sins I may have in my life and just a week after week, you know, teach the lessons and just be gospel focused and just focus on growing closer to the Lord, yeah. um, growing in holiness. Right. Um, yeah. so. what, what about you know for you guys? And obviously, y'all, you guys had some some church experience even prior to mm-hmm. conversion. There, you know, I'm interested in the church settings that, and obviously, Mariah, you grew up in, in your grandfather's church, and Chris, Lindsey Lane, and and a couple, a couple of other ones was. 
was something like expository preaching, which we you know strive to practice here. Was that something that was regular in the church settings that you had grown up in, or was that new? You know, what what was that like to come in and okay, hey, we're just going to the next verse, and hey, oh, hey, we're going to the next verse again, and you know, what, yeah. what was that like? That that was the big contrast, and you know, I'm glad you brought it up because it's something you, we take for granted, I think, here. But I, I, that was definitely a contrast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even listening to online preaching, it wasn't until I actually, you know, became a member here at Grace Life that I, I really started valuing that uh, because it was such a contrast to what I was getting. Because very, you know, even at Lindsay Lane, it was very topical and uh, I would say biblical uh, and gospel, you know, centered, but nothing like the blessings of, of walking, like you said, verse by verse. That was a big contrast for me. Yeah. And, you know, I just thinking, too, Chris, a little bit about how you've talked about, you know, you've referenced your cage stage, yeah. uh, you know, several times. Maybe for, for listeners that don't understand the cage stage, yeah. maybe ask, you know, there, there is a, that, that's kind of a term that people throw out sometimes when people come to know the doctrines of grace. They're so excited about the doctrines of grace that they only see the doctrines of yeah, grace yeah. everywhere in yeah. life and the yeah. Bible. And so you just yeah. can't get away from it. Yeah. And there's some reality to it as well. Yeah. So the cage stage refers to maybe you should be locked up in a cage <laughs> until you mature a bit and then we can let you back yeah, out. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah. But, um, you know, in in thinking about just how you're talking about the Lord matured you, and I think this would be true in all of our lives, you know, there's something about expository preaching because, hey, you're going to hit those texts where Mm -hmm. the doctrines of grace, a.k.a. Calvinism, comes out, comes out very strongly. You know, I hear, you know, there have been a number of times, obviously, I, I always think back to when Brother Jeff was preaching through Ephesians. I mean, hey, you hit it. You hit those Ephesians texts, and, and they're there. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you've got to deal with them, you know, and there's sovereignty, and there's doctrines of grace that just ooze out of those texts. And yet, as you do expositional preaching, it, you're not allowed to just stay on those topics. Yeah, You know, yeah. You, you encounter the other truths that work to give us the biblical balance right. of what God's desire is for us as a church, for us as individual believers. And so... Um, you know, even as a, a preacher, you know, there, there are probably some topics that I feel more comfortable preaching than others. But when you're having to journey verse by verse, book by book, it, mm-hmm. uh, boy, I, this is kind of an uncomfortable text. But, hey, it's yeah. there. And since yeah. it's there, it has to be preached. And, and I think that's formative for all of us here at Grace Life to get the, mm-hmm. you know, what the Apostle Paul would say in Acts is the full counsel of God. And not just the parts we like, not just the parts that are fun. Uh, not just even the parts. I mean, you know, Mariah, you mentioned this too. I mean, you know, some people are can be more given towards the the, the loftier doctrines. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, I like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and and those are there. But then there are those nitty gritty rubber meets the road teachings yeah. too that you got to get in and you got to do. And yeah. so, uh, yeah, you know, I think a big the the advantage of expository preaching is that over time. You, you just get ironed out. Yeah. All, all the peaks you. and valleys, they iron yeah. out a little bit as the Word of God is preached and the Spirit of God yeah. is working. Yeah, for me, it's a lot of head knowledge is what I really struggled with at the beginning is I, I just soaked up because I wasn't getting it. Mm-hmm. And so when I was exposed to Paul Washer, you know, MacArthur, R.C. Sproul, it was like just rich, and John Piper was just so rich, and I was just consuming it, consuming right. it. And it was like, how am I applying it? Yeah, and that was where uh, it just wasn't happening. To be honest, I I could win a theological debate maybe, right? But like if you ask me, like my walk, it it, it you know I wasn't lost, but I, I wasn't really applying it. Mm-hmm. And and coming here and sitting under preaching here at Grace Life, it was like, 
wow, this is this is like challenging me in the in the real world. Like, yeah. you know, how how am I applying these things that I'm yeah. hearing? And and also like I keep using the word grounded, but definitely balancing me out to realize, you know, it's not it's not wrong to be interested and excited sure. about yeah, uh, theological truths. I mean, we knowing our God is 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 a glorious thing, but but how are we, you know, applying that and living that out and are, are we balanced in who we interact with? And honestly, at the beginning of right. my testimony, I wasn't. So. Yeah. You know, I, I just I think of the scripture that says that knowledge puffs up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, we've probably all experienced yeah. I, I I know I have experienced that that time of well, I, I just, and, and you know, on the other side of that, I always think of that quote from David Miller when he was here one time preaching and preaching on the doctrines of grace, and he said, you know, those of us who believe in the doctrines of grace ought to exercise a little yeah. bit of it towards others, yeah. and you know, yeah, that just kind of pierces you because you're like, well, man, I'm not doing that, you yeah. know, I, you know, you can yeah. again back to that case stage, walk around like, hey, I know this, and, and why mm-hmm. don't you know it? And yeah. it's like, well, you know, we forget, hey, yeah. anything that I have, anything that I know, it came from the Lord. Mm-hmm. It didn't come from me. It wasn't my intellect or anything that did that. It came from the Lord. And, you know, the other thing, I, too, guys, just not only hearing expository preaching, but just being in a body of people, a church, Yeah, you know, uh, things do get real practical real quickly. Mm-hmm. Now, now those doctrines form the foundation for how we can then live practically the truths of God's Word. Uh, you know, you even think about the structure of Ephesians. I mentioned Ephesians earlier. You know, you get Ephesians 1, 2, 3, heavy doctrine, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. high lofty mm-hmm. doctrine. But then you get 4, 5, 6, and you're getting into the nitty-gritty of life, marriage, right. child-rearing, yeah. you know, business, employee relationships. And in the context of the local church, you know, you're kind of forced. you got all these people around you, and it's mm-hmm. like, Hey, you know, they may not be where I am theologically and being able to, to maybe argue some of those mm-hmm. truths, but, hey, that brother loves his wife like Christ loves the church. Yeah. You know, and all of a sudden you get challenged in a new way, like, well, man, I, I need to do that. And hopefully yeah, that brother that, is challenged with, hey, Chris, I mean, Chris could help me grow my, my theological acumen a bit yeah. as well. Well, so. that was something that stood out to me in the classes that I was involved with early on is, is these brothers that I was in class with, they knew these doctrines, but yet they didn't handle them like maybe necessarily like how, how I did. Yeah. Uh, they were very, there was a lot, the gospel humility was like just the example that they showed of, hey, yeah, you can know the doctrines of grace without using every opportunity you get to talk about it. Right, you right. Know? Yeah, amen. Mariah, how about you? You know, we were talking, that started with expository preaching so we can continue along that path, but a little bit about how, you know, if that was new for you or if that was something you grew up with, talk to me a little bit about that. It was definitely new. Okay. I grew up with like the the chanting style preaching. Okay. The hump. Yeah, with the hump. The hump. Like every yeah. other yeah. syllable. Brother Tim yeah. has some experience with the hump preachers. Yeah. So. Uh, it was very topical. Uh, we, is that weird to listen to today? Oh, it is. Like, like, do you ever, maybe this is bad, but do you ever go back and say, let me just pull up a hump preacher and see what I mean? I, I don't know. We do that from time to time. That may be bad for me to admit. Uh, <laughs> well, we went back to your church, I think. We did uh, to make and, sure that. I wasn't being too judgmental of their their sure. theology because, yeah. you know, I wanted to make sure I had a right view of what they believe and, before uh, I was too critical. Right. So. Yeah, I got into the the cadencing and all mm-hmm. that, and it was an interesting experience. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so coming here, though, and hearing expository preaching really had an impact on me. Like you said, not just for the theological truths of Ephesians mm-hmm. 1 through, you know, 2 or 3, but then the practical passages of five and six, but I would say with the expository preaching, 
that that's when I really started to understand the gospel, though, you know, because yeah. I grew up with taking passages out of context here and there. Okay. And as, you know, you and the pastor are going through these verses and chapters, I realized how many things I misunderstood, mm-hmm. how many truths about God that I had wrong because you now I hear a verse here and there and just out of context. Hearing the truths preached, I would say just really that's how God, what God used to change me and to sanctify me throughout these past 10 years. Yeah. So. Amen. Amen. Well, it, it's great to hear you guys' story. Just you know, not only your your testimony of conversion, but but just you know how the Lord has matured you through the years. And you know, and the, the wonderful thing, Lord willing, I mean, it's been ten or so years, a little bit more. But um, you know, th- this is our this is this is what we shoot for all the time. You know, it, it, like you were talking earlier, Chris, um, just the, the normal ebb and flow of coming and hearing God's Word and being with God's people, whether it's a small group class and a, a brother kind of sharpening you one way or a, a small group leader, hey, Mariah, think of this, or just the expository preaching of God's Word. You know, uh, Apostle Paul in Ephesians 4, he mentions that, that, that we're conducting ministry until we all attain mm. to the unity of faith. Right to to a mature man, mm-hmm. and, and I always have to remind myself, and, and try to always remind our grace eye folks that look that if that's what we're aiming at, to a mature man, a complete man, then that means we're never done because none of us right. are ever completely mm-hmm. mature. None of us have ever perfected this thing. Even the Apostle Paul would say, "Not that I have obtained as mm-hmm. of yet." None of us have obtained, and so I uh, appreciate you guys coming in and sharing your grace life story. I think there's one question that hangs in the room. All right, okay, let's hear it. Has Chris ever written the pastor a letter? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, our pastor, no. (laughs) Okay, somebody just get that out there just to be sure. But yeah, I appreciate you guys sharing your Grace Life story, and we're looking forward to how the Lord's going to continue to grow it uh, in the years ahead, all right? All right. All right, thank you guys. We hope you'll join us again next week for another episode of My Grace Life Story. As members of Grace Life Church of the Shoals share their stories of redemption and grace. To find out more, visit gracelifeshoals.org. This podcast is a production of Grace Life Media.